Welcome to Two Brothers Review, the podcast. I'm Reed Turley. And I'm Ty Turley. And this week we're excited to be talking about the new Marvel movie, Captain Marvel. Or Marvel. Uh, an ambiguity that's never addressed in the film. Oh, yeah. it is. It is addressed, but it's never resolved. Before we get into all of that, though, we're going to give you our pick for our favorite Brie Larson movies. <laughs> yes, we are. And I just realized what Reed's going to pick. Uh, why did it take me so long to figure that out? Uh, Brie Larson is in one of my favorite movies of 2017, Free Fire, a very small independent movie about a gun deal in the 70s that between the uh, Irish revolutionary group and I don't know who he was, but some other guy, and it just does not go well. Yeah, it's an amazing movie. It's also my favorite Brie Larson movie, but I forgot about it till just now. I was going to say The Room, but The Room is not nearly as good as Free Fire. You should watch Free Fire. Never mind about The Room. Who cares about that Oscar-winning performance? <laughs> it's fine. That kid steals, <laughs> steals every scene. It is impressive. Well, then, yeah, let's jump into Captain Marvel. Maybe uh, the thing that I stood out to me was sort of their play on 90s nostalgia, where I think Guardians of the Galaxy really tried to go for, like, the 80s. Did you feel a lot of kind of your memories, or were you reminded a lot of the 90s when you watched this movie? (laughs) Yeah, for sure. I think that's the first thing I said to my friends when we left the theater. I like the 90s references. It was fun. The loading discs on the computer. Oh, yeah. That scene was great. The blockbuster. The music. I love the soundtrack. Uh, I feel like the, the the songs were good and very you know very memorable, but maybe a little kind of overbearing, right? I don't feel like they fit into the movie as well as much as kind of stood out on more on their own. Does yeah. that make sense? Yeah. Yeah. They, it did feel a little bit jarring, I would say. That's how I would describe it. Uh, I also think this movie is unique because one of the major plot points was spoiled in the trailer. What was that? I'm pretty sure you see Jude Law emerging from the smoke in the trailer of the like scene where right after the crash and she's like just waking up. Okay. But the first time you see that scene, one of the scroll people shows up in the smoke. Right. But if you had seen the trailer, you'd be like, wait a minute. I bet Jude Law's going to do that eventually. I don't know. You would assume that that Jude Law would take the place of the scroll, dude? I was not surprised when it happened, and I feel like I had seen that. Okay. And maybe I'm also conditioned to just think Jude Law is a bad guy. He does seem kind of nefarious. But I also think that about Ben Mendelsohn, who did play the scroll commander. Yeah. So then that was a nice turn to have him be not the bad guy. Yeah, I liked him a lot. I think he did a great job, especially considering he had to act under that makeup or whatever that prosthetic was. In in uh in the audience that I watched it at at an AMC in New York City, um when the when his kid showed up on screen, everyone in the theater laughed. And I think it's because he looked so bad, like the makeup looked so cheesy. Did that um, happen? 
No, people maybe are a little less cynical here in the Bay. <laughs> the hardened New York audience wasn't putting up with that crap. No. So uh, I do want to say one thing about the Ben Mendelsohn character is I feel like he's pretty ominous in the beginning, right? Very hard. And there's this total tonal shift when he shows up in the house in Louisiana where yes. he starts starts cracking jokes. It's just like it was such a turn and a really hard disconnect for me. Yeah, I think that's true. It didn't it wasn't um it wasn't telegraphed enough or well enough. Cuz like he could have been a funny bad guy, I don't know. <laughs> well, he was he was kind of chill in that I felt like he was weirdly chill in the scene where they first captured Captain Marvel. Yeah. But I no, I mean I mostly think you're right. Yeah. Uh beyond the kind of makeup being a little questionable for those those creatures, which it's, it's tough. It's like a full face mask, right? I mean, it's so much makeup. Well, it's like a rubber mask. They look too fake rubbery. It's like, yeah, not enough move motion or movement in their faces. Yeah. Cause it's so stiff. How do you feel like the other CGI went in this movie? I mean, they're going into space. They're doing a lot of stuff. It's pretty prevalent. Yeah. Uh, I don't remember. I'm trying to, I mean, I don't remember feeling anything other than, I feel like the flying, the the airplanes or the whatever, the spaceships were not super well CGI'd, right? Yeah. I mean, I think the bigger ones, it just, I don't know if it ever looks so real or so good. Yeah. I thought it was, I, th- I definitely remember thinking this is not, it feels like Marvel does better in other movies. Yeah. They, they did make um, Samuel L. Jackson young. I mean, that was CGI the whole time, right? Yeah, and uh, Agent Coulson, too, I think. It's interesting. It's just like, oh, you think your best actors are aging out of roles? No. We (laughs) just need an extra $50 million, and Samuel L. Jackson can be anybody. Yeah, and apparently he had to act with uh, little white dots all over his face. That would be tough. (laughs) Yeah. You can't can't replace um, Samuel L. Jackson, though. That's true. (laughs) He is pretty iconic. Did you like the, uh, did you like Brie Larson? I mostly did. I feel like sort of her kind of comedic ability was well put on display. Um, anytime she was talking to that AI felt so stiff to me though. I think those were the weakest scenes of the movie. Yeah. I was going to say maybe it's supposed to be stiff, but I think you're probably right too. I think she had a few points that were really funny. I know the friends that I went and saw it with were, they loved that she wasn't uh was didn't need a man wasn't there was no romantic interest the the suit didn't sexualize her at all they were just happy about all that which i can see she just seemed like uh you know like you weren't thinking about her relationships you were just thinking about her mission and what she was doing but i also do think that um like you don't i don't know i didn't leave the movie having a great sense of what Captain Marvel's world philosophy is, or, you know, she's kind of like lost in this space of not knowing who she is for so long in the film. And then she kind of figures out who she is and she gets the cool pep talk from her best friend on the feet on the lawn. But I feel like then you never really see the next step of like, what is Captain Marvel? How is Captain Marvel going to be? What's her philosophy going to be? I guess I don't know about her overall philosophy, but I think, 
kind of her ethos is you just, you never give up and to fight for people who are defenseless. Yeah. But I don't think that's, I mean, that's every superhero. No, I don't know. Okay. That wasn't enough for me. Yeah. I think kind of what she believes in is not so clear. I also don't know if they really were very clear on her abilities or kind of what the extent of them are. I know she's supposed to be very powerful, but what, what really can she do? <laughs> well, she's, I don't really know. She's energy and embodied. Who knows what that means? I also think it doesn't make sense that she didn't kill the, um, the guy in the ship at the end with the hammer. I know he's in another, he's in the guardians movie, right? Yeah. Lee pace. Like she should have just blown up. If she's really determined to go back and end the war, she should have blown up his ship too. Yeah. Stop every ship she sees. And she should have killed her mentor. Yeah. I mean, I feel like superheroes often have this problem of not being willing to kill somebody to even to save, you know, thousands of lives, except she'll casually kill people. Like she definitely killed everyone who was on that spaceship that she flew through. Yeah. So, so it's, it's, it's a very weird double standard with more at morality. Well, it's just inconsistent writing. It's bad writing. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. Do you feel like the sort of narrative flow was good in this movie? Like kind of how it progressed, how she gets to earth alone. And then, you know, they slowly reveal more about her past. I don't know. Not, I mean, it was, it was fine. I, I, I remember being very confused when she gets captured by this girl and then escapes. Like, how does that first raid end when she gets separated? I thought, I thought that raid, that scene was very confusing, not shot very clearly. Cause like either her team got killed by all the people around them or they killed all of them. And it's like, who took her? Exactly. Like why are the, why is everyone fine? You know, two days later. I mean, it does. I also think they could have done a better job of introducing Samuel Jackson's character on earth. And you know, he's still a very blank slate. You don't know anything about him. Yeah. I mean, just that he did like, he was a spy. Well, okay, you know his biography, sort of, but like, what's what's motivating him? Why does he care about saving the world? They should do, it, I guess. What I'm saying is, they should do an origin movie for Fury. That would be interesting. <laughs> uh, maybe they felt like they had to get this movie out before the next Avengers that comes in like two months. Yeah, they were hustling. I know. I have a friend who worked on this one, and she said it was uh, very uh, fast tracked. They're cramming to get it out. Yeah, I think they're, I don't know, maybe like having the, that Lee Pace character and Nick Fury and Agent Coulson trying to make all these connections to the Marvel Universe. I don't I, It felt a little forced to me. I don't know. Yeah, I'm, I'm curious just how much of this they all had planned 10 years ago and how much they just shoehorn stuff in or make it work in the moment after the fact. I don't know. I'm sure someone knows out there that, but yeah, Kevin Feige, but right. Like, were they going to use Captain Marvel or is that a response to kind of the world in 2019? And I, I think they must have not had it planned out very much. I mean, planned out maybe a little, but I think I, my sense is that's how comics are made too. You know, you're just always stories are, are flexible enough that you can do all kinds of crazy things and not contradict stuff still. Yeah. Yeah. That makes sense. I guess the Tesla act was important. I don't know. I get lost on that stuff. <laughs> well, it's like it, it shows up and it's, and I was thinking, man, that happens. That, I've seen this before in earlier movies, but I don't know where. 
Or like, where was yeah. it originally found? Like, how did it get from this place in 1990s to somewhere else in 2010? Like, I, I don't think I care enough about the Marvel universe to know that. Yeah. But this one was good enough for Remy to say she wanted to watch Avengers. And I don't think she's watched a Marvel movie in a while. Did she watch Ant-Man and the Wasp? I don't think she did. Oh, that one's so good. Is it? Is that your top Marvel movie so far? Like, where where do you feel like this fits? Captain Marvel fits in. Ant Man and the Wasp is definitely my top one so far. I don't. They're too muddled in the middle. I don't know. Captain Marvel was it was fine. It was um nothing groundbreaking, but yeah. I mean, I think if we've just seen other kind of wisecracking, confident people like Iron Man and Thor in the last movie, so to have. Uh, Captain Marvel, Brie Larson, be doing that, it didn't feel as kind of unique or fresh, right? Yeah, maybe just that she's the woman doing it. I don't know. But yeah, I see what you're saying. It's fine. Marvel's going to make a lot of money off it. Oh, yeah. I think people are going to like it. I, I, I feel like people do like it. I've heard good things. And the movie theaters out here have like 25 showings a day. I mean, it's, I'm sure half their theaters are showing Captain, Captain Marvel this weekend. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's true. Here, too. I don't know. Are there other things you liked or disliked that you want to make sure we're talking about for Captain Marvel? <sighs> no, I think that's it. Uh, I guess I would just bring up the... They, they have that scene where they try to sort of, I think, evoke emotion and leverage the feelings around empowering women, but it's like all of the past versions of Captain Marvel's character... Who you'd you'd seen them like fall on the beach and fall go karting and fall in the military school, but they all get up and do the same sort of standing position, like that, like very you know solid based facing forward position. Yeah, it was a little too cheesy for me. <laughs> like I I appreciate the sentiment, but to have them all do that superhero pose and almost be like looking at the camera. Yeah, it's, it's supposed to be cheesy, man. That's superhero movies. Okay. I mean, I think they, I don't know. I liked it when it was a Nike commercial. <laughs> as, many, as many times as you fall down, you just have to get up one more. That's interesting that that bothered you. I mean, I it is cheesy, but I think that's what that's what you're buying when you buy a ticket to a superhero movie. Yeah, I, I, didn't, I don't know. Like, bothers too strong. I just okay. thought... There maybe a, would be a better way to express to express this. Yeah. Yeah. Well, all right. Let's wrap up with our rankings for Captain Marvel. Ty, out of five, what would you give this? I'm giving it a solid three. I am also going to give it a three. I feel like there have been worse superhero movies, but there have definitely been better ones as well. And I this mean, one was this one was enjoyable. It was okay. It was just kind of yeah, not super clear to me always, and not. Super memorable, I would say. But it wasn't Aquaman. Yeah, we don't always get those fives. <laughs> uh, Reed tells me I'm crazy, but I know what I like. Okay, <laughs> uh, then before we say goodbye, we'll just give you guys a recommendation for something we've been watching, reading, or listening to. And I feel like I've been consuming a lot of media, but one thing I am excited about is a um, kind of forthcoming Vampire Weekend record. And they have a song, a uh, single that's out right now, Harmony Hall. 
that I think is really enjoyable. And they also have a single of like a cover of an Italian song, uh, Conte Partito. And it's maybe the classiest music I listen to, but I love it. <laughs> is it on, is it the B side on that same single? It must, no, I don't know where it is at. It was just on a Spotify playlist I listened to, or like the Discovery Weekly one, but I added it to my personal playlist. Yeah, interesting. So two Vampire Weekend songs for me. Gotta love that Vampire Weekend. Um, I listen to Harmony Hall a bunch. It's pretty good. I like it too. I recently watched Punisher Season 2, and... I realized the same people who watch Punisher definitely watch that Keanu Reeves movie, John, John Wick. Wick. Oh, yeah. That is definitely the same audience. Well, I really like John Wick, but I do not watch The Punisher. Why? What's the difference for you? I don't know. More of a commitment. Josh, I, John Barenthal's a little bit overbearing. No, he's, he's so good. He, he's the best part of that series, for sure. He's amazing. He's like perfect for the role. And, okay. and I'm not saying that the series is perfect. It's, it's not, uh, <laughs> there's a lot of silly maudlin melodramatic parts, but it's got some, I really love the, did you watch season two? No, no, I haven't watched it. I really love the girl, the teenage girl that he helps. Oh my gosh. I think she's awesome. Okay. Are you sad that they're done making those shows on Netflix? No. For the betterment of, of us all. Yeah. Well, The Punisher is the only one I liked. Luke Cage was so bad. I didn't even watch the other ones because they were reportedly even worse. I watched the first season of Jessica Jones. I feel like that one was well-liked. Oh, was it good? Yeah. It has the David Tennant, that British guy, is the villain. Yeah. Okay. Thanks, everyone, for listening this week. Don't forget to uh, subscribe and rate us five stars if you'd like. Otherwise, do forget to rate us. Uh, This has been Two Brothers Review the Podcast. I'm Reed Turley. And I'm Ty Turley. Bye. Bye.